0: For setting a spell with us on this week's episode of Gateway to the Smokies, this podcast is about America's most visited national park, the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and the surrounding towns. This area is filled with ancient natural beauty, a deep storied history, and rich mountain culture that we will explore with weekly episodes. I am Joseph Franklin McElroy, a man of the world, but also a deep re- roots and these mountains. My family has lived, lived in the Great Smoky Mountains for over 200 years. My business is in travel, but my heart is in culture. Today, uh, we're going to talk about museums and, and other uh, similar attractions in the Smokies and the surrounding areas. Uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to talk about a bunch of my favorites. And then uh, my, I have a friend here. His name is Mike Ogletree. He was on my first show. And he's the black Scotsman, and he's the resident artist at the Metal Ark Motel. And he's going to join me um, to comment, as he will. He's been to a few of the places I might mention. And then he's going to tell us about a project he's been working on at the end of the show around St. Patrick's Day. Now, I had a a guest that uh, all of a sudden had a family emergency, couldn't make it today. So this is a new podcast we put together. So bear with us as we talk about stuff that I think you'll still find interesting. So, to start off, I have a little bit of a self-interest uh, uh, admission to make here. I'm going to talk about a museum that's right in my backyard. Uh, it's the Wheels Through Time Ma- Ma- Museum in Maggie Valley, and it's right behind my motel, the Metal Arc Motel in Maggie Valley. So, I do have a little bit of a knowledge about it, but, and I, I imagine Mike, Mike does, too. Mm. The, <laughs> how are you doing, Mike? Doing very well. Thank you very much for having me on again. Sure. How's the how's the weather down there? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> well, it's in the
1: mountains, so it's uh, off and on. It's been mostly uh, clear blue skies and crispy, cool, fresh air. <laughs> and uh, today it was just a little bit overcast. Yeah, That's why I say it's in the mountains, so it's off and on. Yeah. But uh, it doesn't really matter whether the weather's off or on. It's always spectacular here as far as I'm concerned.
0: Have you been over the Wheels Through Time Museum? You know, I haven't done that one yet. No, um,
1: obviously I, I've seen all the, the stuff that's around about it and, uh, and I've been to, to the, through website, but I haven't, I haven't done that one. I mean, the, the thing is that we get all these bikes around here. I've been to all the rallies and things like that. So I guess I've just had my, uh, appetite has been whetted, uh, <laughs> for, uh, vintage Cars and motorbikes, and all that,
0: because really, just living here, you see so much. You take a lot of pictures of, but you know that's a little bit like me. I live uh, I, where I live in New York City. Uh, I also live in, in, full disclosure, I also live in New York City. I have a marketing company here, but I, you know, spend a lot of time back in my hometown. Um, I live across from the Empire State Building. I mean, from the the Freedom Tower. And I have never gone up there yet. I'm sort of waiting now for my babies to grow up, and I'll take them up there. <laughs> but, um, you know, the Wheels Through Time Museum is actually the world's premier collection of rare American motorcycles, memorabilia, and, a, and it's got a, a sort of a, a bunch of one-off uh, unique American automobiles. Yeah, it's so popular, that uh, Jason Momoa. Is uh, friends with the
1: owners and goes there to, to try
0: out. Yeah, Aquaman. Yeah, so yeah, he I, he was just he was there in October. He uh he uh you know he was uh, I, he made the news that time. I saw about that those, was but he actually slept in the museum while he was there. Oh, he did. Uh, yeah, he had a cot in the museum. But you know, that, there's uh, there's about three hundred rare machines in there, uh, and you know. It, the, the interesting thing, and I think the reason you know uh, people like him go there, it's not just uh, you look at the stuff. All those machines actually run, and in operating condition. So you know the owners and the staff have had a you know a history of, and they even have a a, a, a television show about motorcycles, and, and they fix them up, and every year they actually renovate a, some classic motorcycle and, and do a a, a, a contest. To uh, to win it, right. um, and so they, they will actually start these machines on a regular basis and let the visitors come and lo- you know listen to them. So you get to actually see um, the you know and hear the and get a real sense of these really classical and priceless machines. Now um, for, for those interested, opening day is always a good day, and that's April first uh, this year, uh, and they've got a bunch of new horsepower. All right. They've got um, they've been adding and improving all the exhibits there uh, and they've been rebuilding and restoring a bunch of motorcycles. So they have some new some great new rare bikes there and some new uh, new memorabilia to go check out in the gift shop. And don't remember, you can come by the the Metal Arc Motel and stay right across from there. It'd be easy to go over there one or two days. Uh, So come by and help kick off the the museum uh, season. Do We have a
1: deal with them as well we have a deal with them you
0: know? yeah, I think we have a, a discount if you stay with us so um yeah it's a, you know so you can and, and we're we're a motorcycle friendly place, so motorcyclists love to come there because, uh, you know it's plenty of parking we have uh you know we have a big uh, recreation area that's sort of like a clubhouse for motorcyclists and you know we have we have motorcycle rags right on ready for them to use so they don't have to grab the towels or anything like that. <laughs> Now some other motorcycle and car related museums in the Smoky mountain area. There's a, there's several, I'm going to mention one or two is the, uh, there's one called the antique automobile automobile museum at the Grovewood village. All right. And that's near that's, that's near, um, that's an actual near the Omni Grove park Inn, And it has uh on display. there 18 old cars, including a 1913 model T Ford and a, uh, 57 Cadillac Eldorado, uh, Brogram, and uh, 59 Edsel, along, a real, along with a really old uh, American LaFrance fire truck. It's a small, low-key museum, but it's kind of kind of nice. And uh, you know, the, Ove, the Grove Park Inn is a, a premier luxury place. You can go and have got several restaurants in there, and it's got a So it's nice to go visit uh, there, go to a restaurant, and then see some of the things in that area. There's several things. Another place, another museum is the Bennett Classics, the Antique Auto Museum. All right. Um, And that has more than 50 antique trucks and truck uh, cars on displays. Uh, And it's uh, and actually you can also buy things. So it's a working classics museum. So you can actually uh, buy uh, antique automobiles there. So and it's in Forest City, um, uh, which is a nice little town. And then another uh, place to go is the Granite Falls History and Transportation Museum, which is also in Granite Falls. And it's located in the 1790s, Andrew Blair House. Uh, and it has, a, it has a lot of uh, exhibitions on the history and on transportation in that town. Now, the bigger, there's, a, there's three big car museums. Uh, in, in the Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area. And there's the Hollywood Stars Car Museum, Star Cars Museum, and it's got some of the most famous vehicles from TV and music hi- movie history. Um, it's got uh, a, a Batmobile uh, from the original Batman series. It's got Dragula from the Munsters. Remember that show? Uh, and it's got the jalopy from the Beverly Hillbillies, and it's got Kit from Knight Rider. So it's a it's a kind of nice, uh, thing. So it's a it's a pretty you know these are big touristy museums, but they're fun. Um, there's another really awesome car museum in Gatlinburg, and it's called Speedworks, uh, and it specializes in exotic automobiles, which are basically European sports cars that are worth over two hundred fifty thousand dollars. And basically, they're they're left there they're left there for care by the owners who are not using them. So you get to see them. Uh, and and you know, and there's a different roster because it, owners at a different time come back and want to drive their cars, but it's kind of cool. And then you have the Floyd Garrett's Muscle Car Museum, which has uh, inventory of over eight million dollar nine eight million dollars, and there there's about ninety muscle cars at the museum, uh, which are you know American craftsmanship, the innovation from you know the fifties and sixties and seventies, uh, and they're beautifully maintained and displayed. So. You know we got you know. There's also I think there's an aviation museum around. A little bit later I'm going to talk about railroads. We got a lot of good uh, people for the looking into the you know that kind of car culture. You know, and road culture was a big thing in the mountains and still is. Um, now I'm going to talk about science a little bit. We have some great science uh, locations in the mountains. Um, the, the one I found that was is pretty cool is the Pisgah. Astronomical Research Institute. Now, I've never been in there, but I've been by it, um, and uh, it's um, it's it was built by NASA in 1962 as the East Coast Coast facility to track satellites and monitor manned space flights. Now, Mike, I, you, you're living down here. I, you know, if you notice that we get a lot of strange flights and objects in the skies and in in those nights in the mountains. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So there's a, there's been a lot of uh, NASA related things and Air Force related things in the mountains. We never for sure what it is, but you know this this piqued my interest because you know maybe there's something coming from there. But it's it, it's it is a nonprofit educational world class research center, and it has some massive radio telescopes. All right, and it's located in Brevard, uh, and it has it it's has a space a, camp as well. Yeah, right. They That's do a space work. camp, and they have. Uh, you know, it has and it allows visitors, and they uh, can get immersed in the science and technology, and they uh, and they have some programs there that you can go to. They even have uh, some camping and some camp uh, if you want to do some online on-site lodging, um, and it's open right now, and, it, and it, you know, so it's worthwhile taking the kids there. In fact, um, it has um, a May 6th. Uh, 2021, from 9 to 11, it has an evening viewing of the of a meteor shower that's going to happen. Um, and, because, and it's a great view because we're one of the few dark sky parks in the nation where there's, there's no light to disturb you, uh, you know, no city lights, nothing. So, you know, you can really see it. So, you know, grab a picnic basket, bring a long chair. You know, it's close enough to the motel. You can come, go there, come back, you know, uh, and it's a good experience. Um, others, I'd, uh, other science related museums in the mountains I'd like to mention is you got the Appalachian Highlands science learning at, at the purchase. And that's not too far from the, from where we are too. Uh, and it's located at 4,900 feet, uh, in the, in, in elevation, in the Great Smokies Mountain, Mountains National Park It's actually one of the few facilities in the park. Um, uh, and it's a part where, it's part of a network of 32 research learning centers. Uh, and it's it's supporting research and education about science in our national parks, um, and so it's it's dedicated to really increasing the amount of effectiveness of research in the Appalachians. Um, it's um, it's it's a great place to go and visit, and it's also got great hawk, hiking around there. So it's a good day trip. Um, other uh, science related um, you know attractions in the mountains. You have um, the Asheville Museum of, Sight, of Science, and it has interactive science experiences dealing with ecology, climate, weather, uh, and so it's a good town, downtown visit. They go to Asheville. You got um, you got WonderWorks, which is in Pigeon Fords. Uh, and it's one of the most popular attractions. and It's and it's in a humongous upside down building, and it combines a science fair with an amusement park and a children's museum all ro- rolled up into one huge experience. And it has it gives you access to over 150 acti- activities, ranging from roller coaster simulators to black ride cor- road courses. So when we come back, I'm going to start talking a little bit about the art uh, galleries, and museums in the mountains. Uh, and we'll see you when we come back. <music> Hey, this is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies uh, podcast, with my uh, guest and friend Mike Ogletree. Hey, Mike. Hello there, friends of yeah. Gateway to the Smokies. Hey, Mike. I'm going to talk about art in a second, but do you um, do, have you been you've been to Asheville on a regular basis? You've been into any art places that are good doing some good good music there? I, I used to go to the um,
1: Jack of the Wood which is, I was talking to somebody about it just the other day because I don't think they're doing any live music in Asheville at the moment. But when they did, Jack of the Wood was where I would go because they had something every night. They would have Monday night, they would have an open mic. Tuesday night, they would have uh, 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 an Irish jam session. And, and then it's something in the afternoon, something in the evening. And it was like that, uh, you know, it's like that seven days a week there. Yeah. So I used to really enjoy that. It was all Celtic or, um, you know, authentic American music, such as uh, Cajun, we used to have up Cajun band in there. And then, of course, bluegrass music and um, Irish, um, original Irish music. Then they do contemporary bluegrass as well. But it's just unfortunate because uh, with uh, the, the, the virus, um, I understand that Asheville, for, for the good part of the year, last year was, was closed down. And um, that, that, as I say, that was unfortunate. I also went to the, uh, what do they call that? The Onion. There's a place called The Onion that I went to. They've got, they just get great gigs there. It reminds me of uh, the 80s. 70s and the 80s in London when there were a lot of really good uh, gigs that you could go to and they were all they were set up and dedicated to doing live bands, in other words they had a good PA system, they had a good lighting system mm-hmm. and Asheville uh, is fortunate to, to have that, as far as I, I saw, it has that in spades, you know they've got a lot of good venues The Onion was one uh, I don't remember the other one that I went to but again, it was just a great venue. It had a, it had a bar, had good lights, had a good PA system, and uh, just, just great great atmosphere for people wanting to go and see live music.
0: And then a great opportunity for people wanting to play live music, too. Well, you know, um, I got a couple things for you to check out in, in Nashville. One is have you ever heard of the uh, Moogseum? The Moogseum. The Moogseum. I went, know, out to the, I went out to the Moog Factory, but I didn't know there was a Moog Museum. You know, Bob Moog, he invented the the, the Moog synthesizer, right? Yeah. So His they have they have a museum dedicated to interactive music experiences in Asheville. In Asheville, yeah, it's multimedia yeah. interactive. You definitely have to go see that. It sounds like it's a blast, and it's got yeah. it's got over seven hundred archival bits and things like that. Uh, And it's uh, and uh, you know and it's also got stuff about the theremin, right? Right, precursor, really, that that sort of thing. Yeah, but uh, the other thing you should know, which I just found out, which is great news, is the Asheville Museum Art Museum now has on second Thursdays live music. Right. The Mm -hmm. Asheville Art Museum has opened up and now on the second Thursday of the month, it has, uh, you know, music to a couple of visits. So you can go. They got limited, you know, entry about the number of people, but you can go look at art and listen to tunes. So I think that's pretty good. You know, the uh, the Asheville Art Museum just opened up after a twenty four million dollar renovation and expansion. It's now a 68000 square foot museum featuring 20th and 21st century art, American art. Uh, it has over 5,000 objects and art pieces. Uh, there's rooftop sculpture de- terraces. There's a cafe. Uh, and then it's got some real interesting lighted experiences after dark outside. Uh, it's, it's got a glass interior that will, uh, will eliminate, and it's in the center of the town, so it illuminates the, the big parks pack square where all the action is. So it's great. So it's you know it's a great visit. You go and see art, you see you know music, and then you're right in the middle of all the, the downtown cafes, and it's a cafe society. I would definitely not miss that. Um, something that you know for me, I remember growing up and going to the Asheville Art Museum, and in, in my teens, I saw work by Joseph Alberts that impressed me, um, and they have. A lot of uh, art, they have a collection of art from the, what's called the Black Mountain School of Modern Art. Um, and that's because only 20 minutes east of Asheville is the Black Mountain College, was the Black Mountain College, which actually closed in 57. But they now have what's called the Black Mountain College Museum and Art Center. Uh, and it, can, it preserves and continues that legacy of educational and art, artistic innovation that was at the Black Mountain School. Um the Black Mountain College started actually in 1933, right? And it, uh, and it, it was uh, born out of desire to create a new type of college based on John Dewey's principle of pro- progressive education. So the founders of the college that believed that the study and practice of art were indispensable aspects of a student's general liberal arts education. And so they ended up hiring Joseph Albers and his, uh, and, and, and his wife Annie uh, to be the to be the first art teachers, even though they spoke no English, they were from Germany and they were you know they were fl- fleeing um, uh, Hitler's Germany, um, and they 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 went to this small mountain college, rebellious college in the mountains of North Carolina, and you know of course they, they come from the German school of art, which was really you know uh, you know magnificent at the time, and it was and so the Black Mountain School was fundamentally different. Uh, of, from the time, it was owned and operated by the faculty and was committed to democratic governance and, to, and to be the, the arts of central learning spaces. So it really attracted some amazing people and who became legendary. And it, it, had, it had 20th century great. And this is just a partial list. William and Elaine de Kooning, Robert Rauschenberg. The Albers, Jacob Lawrence, Merce Cunningham, John Cage, Cy Twombly, Kenneth Nolan, Susan Well, Vera B. Williams, Ben Shaw, you know, and many others, Franz klein you know, it was just, uh, you know, it, it, you know, I, for me growing up and finding out this had existed uh, in my little, you know, area of the world, the world you know, that sort of opened up my head that anything's possible in terms of being able to leave there and do something in the world. And it inspired me dramatically. Um, right now, the, the the school is open and you can actually go and tour it and see things. And they have lots of virtual events, but you have to do an appointment. You can send an e- e- email to info at blackmountaincollege.org. Um, another good um, uh, school uh, school, uh, to, to mention is the Arrow Mountain Schools of Arts and Crafts, uh, it's an arts and crafts center in the U.S., and it's in the city of Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and it's the oldest craft school in Tennessee, and it offers a lot of workshops in arts and crafts, uh, and, and, and it covers the gamut of painting, woodworking, drawing, class, photography, basket, weaving, ceramics, fiber arts, book arts, and metalwork, it's pretty stupendous, and you're able to go and view and see things in the galleries there, um, and then um, one of the, uh, we were talking about the Omni Grove Park Inn earlier, where there was that car museum. Well, adjacent to the Omni Grove Park Inn in Asheville is one of Asheville's hidden gems, and it's known as Grovewood Village. And this is a historic site, and it once ha- housed the weaving and woodker- woodworking operations of Biltmore Industries. Now you'll discover Arts and Crest, a definition that offers a glimpse of all what arts and crafts was critical to the, you know, to Asheville story. So it's a nice place to visit. And like I said, that area is a, is a great little uh, day trip for Maggie Valley. I, you know, we, we really say that Maggie Valley is a day trip from Asheville, but in this context of being in the Smoky mountains, Asheville a day trip from the Smokies. Um, so, um that's. I hope that's a little bit of a story into the arts, and this Isn't that exciting? There's a lot of great arts going on. Wouldn't you say, Mike? Definitely. I mean, <clears throat>
1: that's just. I only spoke about the music, but uh, I've spent several times just walking down uh, the arts. I think it's. I think they call it the arts district, but down by the river there. I feel the, like, the river arts district. That's an arts.
0: incredible place to go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and you can. You can do. You can just go down there and look and be amazed. But you can also go down there and participate because they'll do little classes and they'll let you blow glass and they'll let you turn pottery and all that kind of stuff. So it's really great. You know, it's great for yeah.
0: for families, know, but It's great for everything. The pottery is a, is a, is a great tradition in in the mountains of North Carolina, the Smoky Mountains especially. You know, and every, and every little town has their potter, but you know, that in fact, right at one point, we we're going to have a potter come in and talk, have a show on the potter. We have a potter that, that is actually has a studio a couple, couple doors down from the Middle Arc Motel. And he's more than to us, he's more than just a potter. His dad actually built the first building of the Middle Arc Motel. So there's a deep connection there they both, and, and it's, in a sense, both <clears throat> of us grew up in the Meadowlark Motel. He was just of a little bit earlier generation. So. But by
1: the way, it's just a pity you can't see his pottery because it is, spectacular.
0: Oh, yeah. it is so, spectacular. All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the history uh, museums that we can go to in the Smoky Mountains, and then we'll get into talking about miscellaneous things and get into Mike's project. Howdy! This is Joseph Franklin McElroy, back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast. Uh, and I'm talking with Mike Ogletree. We're talking about uh, you know, museums and, and similar attractions in the mountains. Now, Mike, um, you've been to Cherokee. You went to that uh, Cherokee Indian uh, uh, museum, didn't you? Yes, I did. I've been over and
1: um, I think I spent the whole afternoon there. You know, it's not very big, but It's big enough to, and the the things that they have in there definitely merit reading and studying and learning about because um, the history of the the Cherokee people uh, is is particularly uh, connected to, like, right now what's happening in the country, you know, so... um, Going there and, and just going through the museum, like oh, let's have a look, is kind of half of the half of the uh, the visit. The other half is is really studying up and learning about what happened. You know, like specifically the Trail of Tears, this mm-hmm. kind of thing. But it was so it, it was so um, much a part of the mountain culture at the time. You know, it, it, it the, uh, involved um, like. People of all races, as it were, it was a very diverse time in in, uh, in mountain history. And um, if you you don't really know about it, unless you do something like go to the the Cherokee Museum and find out about the people, what they were doing, how they were living, how they were interacting, because they were kind of a little bit apart from the rest of uh, the rest of the country. So it's not something that you you hear talked about very often you know so that, that, that was that was my deep uh, uh, my deep uh, experience in going there but just you know superficially in, in, in the sense of the the, the beauty that, that you see in terms of the art and the crafts and uh, the people and everything it's just a it's just a wonderful Wonderful
0: what, do you, experience. what do you think of I? You know the thing. I, you know I, I. I saw my first holograph at the um, at the that uh, that the, the Cherokee uh, Museum, and you know I was it was one of it was a it was of a medicine man who sort of was a a virtual guide throughout the whole experience of going through the the exhibit. Wasn't that that pretty amazing? You know I don't think I don't remember that working when I was there. Ah, okay well it uh, they, they have the uh, they I mean they have different exhibits but there's one exhibit that, that goes there that um, they will have uh, uh, a holographic medicine man you know in general the um, you know they have um, they the, the the Cherokee Museum um, is um, tells the story of like Mike said, a lot of the, um, the 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 successes and the tragedies of the Cherokee uh, people in the in the, in the Carolinas, um, and it's uh, it actually goes back. They claim thirteen thousand years of culture, uh, and the um, that when they do a historical tour, they will have holograms uh, because their their specialty is even though it's a, it's not a giant museum is to do an immersive experience with the digital and displays and holograms and any kind of technology and give you a real full sensory experience. Um, so you you get to experience the Cherokee's pit uh, people's inventiveness and resilience and will to survive in sort of a visceral way. Um, and it's very moving. You're, you, you should probably bring a handkerchief because there's some points where you're going to actually... Um, you know, maybe have a tear in your eye. And, and I remember it being that moving, right? Um, and really um, uh, uh, something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Uh, so I, I consider it one of the best museums I've ever been to uh, and it was worthwhile. Now, uh, to, there's a lot of history museums in the, in the mountains. Um, I would say, you know, uh, probably... I when I when I was I started a little research on it. I you know I saw lists with hundreds if not you know several hundred on there. And if you went through the whole area that we call the Smoky Mountains, which is at East Tennessee and the Western North Carolina area, there's I mean there's hundreds, maybe over a thousand history museums because every town has a historic house that has a museum, right? Every you know or several. So um, and they're all worthwhile uh, going to um now i'm um and other history museums i think that are worthwhile is you got the the great smoky mountains heritage center uh and it, it's open now uh and it's uh it's a museum dedicated to honoring the settlers and the inhabitants of the great smoky mountain region including the earliest senders the settlers the native american um and so it's it's a uh, it's it's one of the branded uh, museums to go to. Larger Then in Waynesville, which is close to us, is the Shelton House, which was built in 1875 and is listed on the National Register of Historic Places. Uh, and it's in this and it's and it's a uh, it's the it, it's got the Museum of Nat- of North Carolina Handicrafts, and it's got comprehensive exhibits of 19th century. Crafts, including handwoven coverlets, quilts, sculptured por- porcelain, dulcimers, masterpieces of pottery work, and furniture, and Native American artifacts. Um, and it also will keep. It'll also have artists that have been at the New York State's Fair curated uh, collection of crafts that will also be displayed there. So it's it's an excellent. Um, um, uh, place, you know, to get a, a, a nice historical overview of the crafts. But um, before I leave Cherokee, all right, I, you know, uh, and we're getting into some, some of the miscellaneous museums, there is actually a fly fishing museum of the Southern Appalachians. And, and it's located actually close to Cherokee in Bryson City. Uh, and 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 I'm, I like to talk about fly fishing because we have a great fly fishing stream that that flows behind the, the Smoky Mountain, uh, the Metalurg Motel. And I grew up fly fishing, and, and the and, and it's a great place. The Smoky Mountain is a great place for fly fishing. Well, um, you
1: know, uh, Joseph, you know that they do a fish off
0: the Cherokee uh, that that group. I'm, I'm going to talk to you about. There's a they're they're actually going to do it this year, and I'm going to give you the thing. So oh. But, great. Uh, It's you know the fly fishing is is, they have this great museum and it's built in a old barn a big barn so and so it's got a real rustic uh, feel to it but it's got many exhibits and education on on uh, on uh, fly fishing and so what Mike was alluding to is Cherokee which is right there near Bryson City is famous for its fly fishing uh, tournaments and on and this year fly fishing is opening day is March twenty seventh. Um, and they're going to be doing uh, a tournament with a twenty thousand uh, uh, dollar uh, uh, prize. Okay, and it's a fifteen dollar entry fee, two dollars, seventeen dollars for two days. And you can you'll be in the, you'll be competing in the rivers of of, of the Cherokee uh, Indian Reservation, also well not called the Koala Boundary. Um, and there will be tag fish, uh, and so which are stocked for the event. And there'll be, you you can redeem them for cash prizes. Um, And it's really, it's a really great fun event. We have lots of fishing tournaments in the mountains. And this is sort of usually the first one of the season. Uh, You'll have to have a fishing license, but you can get that pretty uh, quick. Um, So don't miss that. You know, it's it's spring is going to be here. Get out fishing, get out hiking. You know, it's a, it's a lot of fun. Um, So, um, other miscellaneous museums: the Smoky Mountain Trains Museum, and it's got a collection of seven thousand Lionel engines and cars and accessories. Mike, you went there. You were telling me I haven't been there. Yeah,
1: the, I went to the miniature one. Did, okay. is, that, is that the one you're talking yeah, about? That's the oh, one. Yeah, the miniature train
0: trains. Yeah. Oh
1: yeah, that's. I loved that because you know the, it appeals to the child in me, and if. If, uh, if there's anybody like that who, who gets excited at model trains, then that's the place to go because they've got, um, I think they've got three different scales. You know, they've got the really small, then a medium, then they've got a big one. And uh, it, it's a big, big warehouse. And uh, these trains, they just run constantly. And and you can, again, it's one of those things that you could just spend the afternoon in there just watching where all these trains go and what they do and what they look like and and because they're going fast and and they're covering some they're covering a lot of ground in there so it's 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 definitely the best uh model train exhibit that i've ever seen and and
0: and i've seen the one in uh, and it's uh, and you know it's it's home to it's also part of the Smoky Mountain Railroad. The right there, there's also the Smoky Mountain Railroad, which is a tourist railroad, an old authentic steam car things. as has first-class engines. You can get dinners. I get all sorts of great experiences, and I would recommend uh, going there. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I want to get a little bit into Celtic culture, because it, it ties into what Mike's doing. Uh, Celtic, so, Celtic, Celtic. Celtic, sorry, Celtic culture. Um, and... Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and what Mike's project is, You know, there is a, if you go to uh, the mountains of North Carolina, would you expect to come to a giant ship? Well, uh, we have a museum for the Titanic in Pigeon Forge. Yes, the Titanic, the one that sank. Uh, and it's a one of a kind passengers experience it. And actually what it feels to walk through uh, the hallways and parlors of the Grand staircase, and why is it uh, related to uh, the Celtic? Because hundred it, it, it celebrates the um, the it, well, it re- remembers the hundred and eighty-seven Irish passengers or crew that were aboard the Titanic. And in fact, March is uh, is tribute to Irish, uh, and it's uh, and, and they're having all sorts of events going on there. And the other Celtic uh, experience that Mike knows a lot about is the the Scottish Tartans Museum and Heritage Center, right? Right. Offers a look into the origins, history, and development of tartans, and specifically the development of kilt. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Mike? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. um, It's in Franklin,
1: North Carolina, and uh, it's basically run by volunteers. But um, there's one guy, there's one main guy and his wife who, who have been keeping it alive. And uh, this museum is quite unique because it's the only museum that is dedicated to the the Tartan. Yeah, I think in the world, but definitely, definitely in the US. You know, it's, a, it's an actual museum where you can go in and they've got a little, the main part of it is like a store, but you go through the store and the museum's in the back. And it goes through the whole history of Tartan and um, it tells you about the origins of the kilt, for instance, which was a lot of people um, often think of as being the thing that you see today when you see like the bagpipers dressed up and you think, oh, that's what a kilt is like. But if you go to the Tartan Museum in North Carolina, you'll find a, a completely different history of of the kilt, which they have uh, documented, and they've actually got all the the garments, and uh, in some cases they've got the equipment that was used to make these kilts, because they were uh, an essential part of uh, of, uh, of a nobleman and, and a, or a warrior's garb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it could serve as a, a piece of clothing, it could serve as a as a bed, as a tent, all kinds of things, and uh, depending on your rank you would have a different type of kilt. And it wasn't this dress that you wore around yourself. It was this huge garment that in some cases you had to lie down and roll around in a specific uh, pattern in order to put this uh, kilt on. So it's Uh,
0: fascinating. So we're going to take a break. We'll finish that up when we come back, and we'll talk about your, uh, your Celtic project for the month. Yes, sir. All right. It's Joseph Franklin McElroy back with the Gateway to the Smokies podcast with my guest Mike Ogletree. Mike, so we uh, we've worked with the we worked with the Spartan Tartan Museum to do the uh, uh, a a, uh, a an event last year, right? A dinner for Robert Burns. That was pretty great. I, I saw the the presentation. He came in. He brought in all those. Uh, pictures of different kinds of uh, tartans, and it was extremely knowledgeable. If people want to go out there, they can find that uh, that uh, that speech on our, our uh, the Medlarge Motel's ga- uh, Facebook page. But yep. you're working on a new project now, right, for St. Patrick's Day. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, it's uh, St. Patrick's
1: Day. I think it's the 17th of the month. But... Um you know, I, I love Irish music and, and I lived in New York for a while and I was exposed to a lot of Irish music there because, you know, you can get it. But um, here in, uh, in the mountains, there's a connection to Irish culture that goes back hundreds and hundreds of years. And um, so I, I managed to combine my love of Irish music and uh, find a way to incorporated into my Sunday afternoon fireside concerts that we do here at the motel, and um, because I always do something on St Patrick's Day anyway, so this year what I'm what I'm doing, and, and then of course you know St Patrick, I you 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 pointed me in the direction, and I never knew, but he's Scottish. He was born in, in a place called Dunbarton, which is just about maybe thirty miles north of where I, I come from. But anyway, he, so. So St Patrick is, is the ultimate Scotch-Irish figure to talk about in the mountains because so many of the people in the mountains um, are of Scotch-Irish descent. So um, I, I figured that it would be a, a good opportunity to do a, a few Irish songs this Sunday because it will all be dedicated to St Patrick's Day, uh, the Irish music and all that. And some of the songs that I'm doing... Are, 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 it's interesting when you do these traditional Irish songs, how the message uh, it still resonates with the, the, the temperament of people that, eat, though they don't live in Ireland or Scotland anymore, because they have some connection ancestrally to it, somehow they've inherited that attitude, that independent spirit, that boisterousness, that love of whiskey and all things strong and <laughs> all that <sort> of stuff <laughs> but you know and then in, in uh, the Smoky Mountains it's, it's no different you know um, because up, up here you, I don't like to talk about politics but it's that kind of independent spirit that um, brought a lot of the people into the mountains and the, the pioneering spirit that made it possible for them to survive the, the harsh and terrible and horrific conditions that they, that they had to endure in order to, to continue to live here in the mountains. Well, that's the same as, as, as the spirit that, that, that made the, the Scotch and the Irish rebel against their um, English overlords, as it were. So the songs that I sing, for instance, Whiskey in the Jar, it's a song about rebellion against uh, rich overlords who were mistreating their, uh, their subjects. Whilst they were living high on the hog with lots of money, their uh, tenant farmers uh, were eating dirt and porridge and potatoes. You know, during the famine. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean that literally. They were eating dirt to keep their stomachs filled. That's why a lot of them emigrated. But um, you know, so that's that's really what my show will try and uh, and and, and um, bring bring out. And 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 for me personally, it's. How that is a cult is as uh, you know, be sublimated into a cultural expression that is music, that is uh, you know uh, art, that is poetry, that is all this kind of stuff. In other words, we can leave all the, the 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 rebellion and the violence and all that, the actual fisticuffs. It can easily be left behind because the music it, it still carries on the message. I mean, these songs that I'm doing. Some of them are three or four hundred years old, you know. So we don't forget what we uh, what we went through
0: in order to get where we are, but we don't have to keep fighting about it. You know? <laughs> so where you do it online too, so people can see it. Where do they see it online? Well, you know the um, the Meadowlark Motel Facebook page uh,
1: and uh, my own uh, Facebook page, which is the the Black Scotsman. And then on with my X, website right? which, with, with an X, yeah, yeah, the Black Scotsman with an X, and then the blackscotsman.com, which is my website, and on YouTube too. Um, so you know, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's very available. It's just you know, tune in and and um, and uh, let yourself be known
0: because I get people from all over the world. Well, thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. I appreciate you coming in and uh, being my companion along on this experiment with uh, uh, designing a show on the fly. <laughs> right. Always uh, available. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed it very much. And I want, uh, you know, we're going to have, we'll, uh, uh, we'll tomorrow we'll put up, or even today, we'll put up on gateway to the Smokies dot fun, a link to Mike's uh, you know, Facebook so that you can go and, uh, and watch, the, uh, watch his show on Sunday. What time, Sunday? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. All right, cool. So, yes. in right, cool. the afternoon, of course. All right, yes. So now I'm going to do my, some of my promotion, of course. Uh, imagine a place evocative of motor courts of the past, yet modern and vibrant with a chic Appalachian feel, a place for adventure and for relaxation. Imagine a place where you can fish in a mountain heritage trout stream, Grill the catch on a fire and eat accompanied by fine wine or craft beers. Imagine a place with old time music and world cultural sounds. There is no other place like the Metal Ark Motel in Maggie Valley, North Carolina, or the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. We are the starting point for all the adventures and serenities the mountain have to offer. Your Smoky Mountain adventure starts with where you stay, MeadowlarkMotel.com. Um... I thank you all for being here. I want to mention that a lot of these listings that we talked about, like museums and things, are found on Smokey's Adventure. That's S-M-O-K-I-E-S, adventure.com, which is a site we run with listings of all sorts of things to do in the mountain, places to pl- stay and places to eat, places to go visit, attractions, outdoor adventures, uh, extensive listings, uh, from all of the Smoky Mountains and, you know, the, including the Tennessee and the, and the North Carolina sides. Uh, and we cover the great, we cover the town, small towns of Gatlinburg, Fid, Pigeon Forge, Seaverville, towns of Cherokee, Where's Valley, Maggie Valley, and Bryson City, as well as even others in the surrounding area. And there's hiking trail maps, uh, waterfall maps, interactive maps. So it's a great place to go. Thing. And we are part of Where Traveler. Uh, we have uh, we run the Great Smoky Mountains uh, section on wheretraveler.com. Where Traveler is the world's premier name in travel publishing. From magazines and books to maps and comprehensive digital content, Where Traveler gives travelers everything they need for local perspective. Each year, 246 million travelers chair chest, where traveler for up to the date information on where to go and what to see in nearly 100 cities worldwide. And now one big geographic area called the great smoky mountains. Uh, we have local content, local guides, local concierge, and there's over 50,000 things to do. Um, I want to thank uh, talk NYC uh, talk radio NYC network for hosting my show uh, there's a great show after that, this called Rediscovering New York. I, I would advise you, if you're listening live, to stay on to hear that show. And then you have the best of both worlds, the country and then the big city that follows. Enjoy uh, your show next week. We'll meet another great show about the Smokies. Uh, I think we'll be delving into more interesting music uh, from an expert in the area. So thank you very much. And bye. And, and bye for now.